Hi, Francisco. Francisco. Hello. Okay. I'll start this podcast and you roll along with it. And Bentley. He's barking. You can hear him, right? Francisco, you can do it. You just have to try. Paul, I, I think you're able to convince me. I, I'm I'm able to talk now, and I'd like to welcome everyone to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at retrorewindpodcast.com/slash-one-zero-five-one-hundred-and-five, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. Uh, there's also a Patreon link if you would like to be one of our awesome patrons helping fund the show alongside Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Michael Kelso, and a secret patron as well. Uh, also for this episode, uh, it was sponsored by Katek Ruiz, keeping us uh, freshly stocked right. in spaghetti noodles for this mission. Uh, so thank you to everyone for nice. supporting without the show. Nice, without any sauce. Without any sauce, that's right. <laughs> My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and disturbed by Deacon's dead dad. And I predicted that The Boy Who Could Fly would be a tragic movie. But I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, co-host, and I have no idea if he can actually fly, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Hi, Paul. Hi, Francisco. One day. One day? I'm going to fly over and say, see, told you. If, this if, is one day it's happened. If you just try hard enough, right? And no. love. And love. Well, we'll you have see. to love the two, I think. Paul, my, yeah, trivial, my trivial question for you is uh, Nick Castle, who's the director, along with fellow directors John Carpenter and Tommy Lee Wallace, played as the band The Coupe de Villes. Who in the video that Millie oh, and Geneva watched while yeah while drinking strawberry jackeries in this film, Paul, what band's music videos do you enjoy the most? Oh, I haven't seen music videos in years, but I guess the only one that I have on the DVD collection is Weird Al. So oh, okay, that would have to be it. Yeah, that's a good one. Very cool. And we'd like to welcome back to the show. Uh, he has now been on the show three times, so he's going to get a promotion here. I'd like to welcome back to the show, Patrick Patch Hicks. Hey, Patch. <laughs> that was my promotion sound effect. Your right level there. up sound effect, okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so you, since this is your third time on the show, Patch, you are now a shipman array. Yes. So yes. you're going to be the ship's yeoman, since that's something you mentioned previously. So, so, I, so can I say yo Yo, man. man. Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) We say that to you. Okay. Yo, yo, man. (laughs) Yo, man. Yo, man. Um, And yeah, so thanks for coming back to the show, Patch. Good to be here. Uh, My, our trivial question for you is, in one scene, Fred Savage plays the last Starfighter video game. Yes. The 1984 film, because that was also directed by Nick Castle, the director of Boy Who Could Fly. Uh, (laughs) Patch, what sci-fi movie do you wish had become a franchise or at least had a sequel? 
because unfortunately, Last Starfire did not. <laughs> not yet. We're leaving well, it open okay. for, All right, for <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Ooh. remake. If I had to pick a... It's a remaking everything. Exactly, or, or reimagining. That's the new buzzword yeah. is reimagining. I would have to uh. say a sci-fi uh, Mac and me. No, I'm just kidding. That's no, not right. Oh, <laughs> wow. The podcast. That's a callback. I'm sorry. No, I would, I would probably have to say uh, what? The, last, the Last Starfighter. Actually, you, you mentioned oh, really? it. Pretty, okay. Yeah, because it left it so wide open for a sequel that, I mean, mm-hmm. you mm. know, you know, I was gonna say Tron, but they've already done that, so I'm a little disappointed that yeah. the third Tron movie got shelved. Right? So maybe that too. <laughs> yeah, we're still hoping for it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopeful for Tron, hopeful for the Last Starfighter. Nice. My heart will go on there. All right. That's a completely different movie, but okay. <laughs> I want Titanic two, which I think they actually did make. Oh, that. that was sci-fi, right? <laughs> no, lots yeah. of CG. That's right, just CG. Uh, Titanic AE2. Anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, Paul? Maybe it was like the zombies. They It was all floating up and they are all zombies. Okay, let's move on, guys. Uh, Patch, what was your... Pre- Search for more bodies. What was your prediction for The Boy Who Flies? <laughs> Bad taste. I predicted this would be nostalgic. Awesome. And if you enjoy listening to Patch on this episode, you can listen to him back on our Young Frankenstein episode, which was Slash 99. And I was uh, remiss because I did not ask Paul his prediction, which was? I predicted this movie would also be tragic. All right. So that's two tragics to one nostalgic. Let's see if those predictions pan out or if they actually change. Who knows Mm. what evil lurks in the hearts of men. Okay. So, uh, Paul, will you please enter the course or the shadow? Enter the course for Alice for this episode. So let's have a roundtable discussion on The Boy Who Could Fly about what we like and what we disliked about it, and then let's come back for some feedback and announcements. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Uh, and Alice, yeah, once you get all that into your you know, targeting computer, take us there. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. hard enough and love long enough anything is possible the boy who could fly yes maybe if you do wish hard enough you can remember this movie much like we did for our memory mind melt synopsis of the boy who could fly which goes like this a new family moves into town including baby from dirty dancing who is a teenage girl and a much younger brother lewis played by fred savage They meet a reclusive Jay Underwood next door who can levitate and float around. There is also a neighborhood bully that picks on Fred Savage who is just trying to go around the block on his big wheel. Millie has the dream where she gets gets hit in the face with a volleyball. Then later, Baby jumps off a bridge, James Bond style, to test if her neighbor will fly and rescue her. But she ends up in the hospital. 
It turns out he can fly, which makes up for not rescuing her somehow. Uh, Fred Savage defends himself on his big wheel by loading up his squirt gun full of urine. (laughs) In the end, the boy who could fly floats away, and so does a paper airplane that the teenage girl throws from the window. In the grand scheme of things, Eric said a lot of said a total of four words if i remember correctly i wish i could get paid for just saying four words uh i guess some of that was true but most of it was incept uh paul hopefully the technicals take a few more than four words to describe though so what were they for how this movie was made the Boy Who Could Fly is rated PG, and it runs an hour and 54 minutes, and it came theaters on September 26th in the year 1986 in the U.S. of A. I didn't know it came and went by in my theaters. I didn't see it there. Um, anyway, it was directed and written by Nick Castle, and went... And sorry, it starred Lucy Deakins, which you probably haven't seen anything else. Jay Underwood, which you probably have. Uh, Bonnie Bedelia, who was the wife of John McClane in Die Hard. Fred Savage, Colleen Durst, and Fred Gwynn of The Monsters, and Mindy Kahn of Facts of Life. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, if you want to, uh, we've actually covered. Several of these people, we've they've been involved in movies we've covered in the past. Uh, Nick Castle was the director, as we mentioned sir, previously, of The Last Starfighter, which was uh, RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 24. He also directed Major Pain, which was Whoa. slash 75. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I was surprised by that as well. Um, Jay Underwood, who is the flying boy in this movie, he was also an Uncle Buck as Bug in slash 81. Yeah. Uh, Fred's Wait, <clears throat> Nat? Bug? <laughs> um, Fred Savage was in The Wizard. He starred in that, which was Slash 55. And Colleen Dewurst was the... not not She wasn't the mom, but um, she took the in an adoptive mom of Anne from Anne of Green Gables, uh, which was Slash 7. So that is, uh, those were the people that we've covered before. Paul, were the, how did this movie do financially? Oh, the budget of this film was about $9 million and sadly only went on to gross about just over $7 million at Aww. the box office. Sad day. Yeah. So you'd say this movie didn't really take off. But you know what? Maybe there are some things that we wanted to come in for a landing of the things we liked about this movie. (laughs) Yeah, that was a much worse segue. (laughs) No, not that bad. It was good. Use it. All right. Let's start, as we like to, with our guest, uh, Patch. What was one thing you liked about The Boy Who Could Fly? Well, I would have to say to start things off, Fred Gwynn is probably my favorite oh, character yes. in this entire movie. Fred and he has I, two or three distinct scenes. He played scenes. The uncle. Yeah, oh, Mr. Munster. Yes. Thank you. I remember yes. him, but I remember him not only from the Munsters, I remember him from an old Nick at Night. Well, it's Nick at Night to me. It was an old 50s show called sure. Car 54, Where Are You? But he plays that same, that was, just yeah. kind of, that same kind of just tall, 
Bert, mm-hmm. you know, whatever guy. Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved seeing him in the just absent-minded drunk role. He, especially, yeah. And, and particularly the scene with him talking to Millie, trying to balance yeah. the, uh, the cork, cork bottle, playing, cork. Out, pl- playing yes. the game with himself. Like, you, you can't start with another bottle until the cork, you know, stands on its end. Right. And then he gets a little bit excited when it does. <laughs> yeah. But he was, he was really fun. He was really great. I loved, I loved Fred Gwynn. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. He was delightful to watch. Uh, he, I mean, his character was a little bit frustrating because he wasn't really taking responsibility for anything. Is not right. as much as you'd yeah. like he would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he was such a delight to watch. I really enjoyed his performance of that character. Yeah. yeah. The only thing with him is I wasn't sure if I was supposed to feel sad for him. I mean, I did feel sad for him, but I didn't know if that was the intent because he played more jovial. So, that, but otherwise, yeah. I agree with you guys. I like. I mean, yeah, there wasn't a lot of backstory behind him we just know he's kind of a drunk mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but you know he seemed to be a happy drunk yeah. so, and he wasn't hurting anybody yeah i although i would be curious if um i i would assume it's either his brother or sister that died eric's parents if he's eric's uncle oh that's so right yeah. I, I wonder if that could have something to do with it could be but, but nick uh, nick castle apparently didn't want to explore that particular piece of uh, the story jeez nick <laughs> fine whatever go back to your starfighters and <laughs> and your major pains <laughs> uh paul what's something you liked about the movie <laughs> <laughs> um i I enjoyed Fred Savage and his yes. character. Now, there are many moments where, okay, this is one of his first roles, and his acting was not up to par. I've not, I was, but yeah, I will admit he was lacking in that area. But I, for some reason, like when he introduced himself to his third grade class, <laughs> I was that? rolling on the oh, floor, right. li- not literally, awesome. but figuratively. <laughs> but I mean, so much that. That it took me out of the movie. It's like, okay, what oh, kid wow. would say that? Yeah. You know? But but I understand he's going through tragedy through his dad's death, and he's trying to you know find mm-hmm. his identity mm-hmm. in in his uh, the army and stuff. But he, I don't know. It really made sense. I guess having that. How do I? How do I? You were able to I? really relate to him. No. Oh, okay. But it made, but knowing, (laughs) establishing his introduction in the third grade made it a lot more believable when he was in the Institute and he said, listen, lady, you're trying to, so his character felt very cohesive, maybe is what you're trying to say. Yes. Yes. I'd agree with that. Yes. And, and especially at the end and his whole journey of trying to make it around the block, that was yeah, I, I, I go ahead. Patch. No, I was I was just gonna say I, when when he did that moment walking into the classroom, I had a flashback to shameless plug, better off dead, and the <laughs> the, the scenes. And, and Paul, you know this now because you've seen this. In, in yeah. any scene with uh, John Cusack, sort of imagining things, I thought that yeah he was actually imagining the scene of him just walking in, and, oh. and then it was gonna be like. You know, go, you know, flashback to reality where he was just kind of walking in, and real timid or whatever. But nope, he actually no. he actually he mouthed up to that. his class. Okay, well, yeah. you go, Fred. Right. Yeah. K- 
kiss Winnie yeah. with that mouth? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I will say at the end, um, uh, with his making around the block, I've never seen uh, so big kids. Let's put it that way. Chase after people. Those kind of kids would like push you around if you uh, came close. But I've never seen him run like that. Yeah, though <laughs> no, I did, I did appreciate that that sort of overall B story and his development as a character um, mm. in that. And yeah. I, I remember. After, because I had a big wheel growing up, so seeing his big wheel tricked out with like he had the meat, yeah, and the marbles and stuff, I'm like, I want to make mine like that. So that's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, totally. Something that I really liked about the movie was fine. I felt like, and maybe I'm sure there have been others like this, but I felt like finally there's a somewhat responsible teenager who actually cares about her younger siblings and her parents, and for the most part does what they say. There's a little. Uh, aside to that that isn't quite matched up but on the whole I actually really appreciated Millie as a teenager who you know was wasn't just this a responsible teenager that was a responsible teenager not this just typical rebellious one that you see in film so I really I really like that very cool um thank you I think I'm, cool I'm kind of surprised Francisco <laughs> Because I'm, I'm waiting to see if, if something pops up on your dislike, though, yes. with her character. I think you know what's going to pop okay. up on my dislike. About <laughs> yeah. Um, Telegraphing punches are But that's we? a what's good happening? point. <laughs> no, but that you bring up a good point, Francisco. You very rarely see a responsible teenage uh, role in movies these days. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And, I mean, I think back to, to like, Labyrinth, which is slash 13, and... Jennifer Connelly's character who hated her baby brother and and even though uh Cry Kid I would say was a good example of him respecting his mom, which was slash twenty. But um mm-hmm. but like uh Uncle Buck slash eighty one, yeah, totally like ah, I don't care about you. They hated her parents and yeah. And, and yeah. other John Hughes movies seem very much like I mean we I won't go into it. We've a discussed of- it back in those movies, but yeah. Uh, but let's go back uh, to let's go back to Paul. What's something else you don't like? Uh, it was totally unexpected. I know we brought it up several times already, but having the last Starfighter video game yes. Yes. pop up yes. out of nowhere was just so awesome. It was because it wasn't like awesome. the the crappy Atari footage. It was like from the movie mm-hmm. uh, The Last Starfighter, yeah. but it was used as as a video is so cool so i like the i'll say it's a cameo and that of actual real gi joes that that oh, uh, yeah. lewis played with was really cool to see yes for sure indeed for sure uh let's see uh patch let's go back to you what's something else you like so i really enjoyed the the i think there was a trio of moments that incorporated <clears throat> either talking about or revisiting dad Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. n- not including the creepy hospital moment. With yeah. Him, oh, with his eyes him. open. Yes. Yeah. In the dream. And yeah. can I just say this as a segue? Did the movie at times want to feel like a horror movie? Like if you, I mean, you could oh, you could right. actually edit this in a way where mm-hmm. it feels like an, a real just over the top 80s horror movie. It's like I was waiting for Eric to kind of, you know, 
have fangs or something and go after Millie at some point, you know, the, the oh, boy who weird. could fly into your bedroom and kill you. You know, I, just whatever. Oh, I felt the same way. It is like Edward from Twilight, all of a sudden appearing, appearing in the girl's bedroom. Definitely a creep factor. Yes. But getting back to the thing I liked, all of those moments, like with Millie talking about her dad and his suicide and then the moments with them watching the, the video or the, the movie and then even her with with Lewis and and how he breaks down a little bit, they all felt real sincere. It didn't really feel, at least for me, didn't feel forced. It felt like that was some, at least for the time, some really good acting. And I really felt Mm -hmm. kind of, I felt connected and empathetic as we found out more about the backstory with, with, with their dad and why they ended up kind of moving where they did and all those types Mm -hmm. of things. So I thought that was very sincere and it added a, added a good, good element to the movie. Yeah. I mean that, and I was actually surprised how emotionally invested I got into that whole, uh, as we, like you were saying, as we were learning about what happened with the dad and that, I mean, I had completely forgotten about that whole part of the story. So especially when we get to um, Fred Savage and he's like, but he didn't even try. Yeah, and that yeah. like just broke my heart because yeah, I'm like, um, to get a little personal, my, my mom actually, uh, died from cancer but she she didn't give up she kept trying and kept trying and unfortunately it didn't it didn't it didn't go into remission or anything um but uh so i i could totally feel for him because i think i would have been had that a very similar struggle if she didn't even try to live it's just like giving up and that and uh, yeah i just i felt so bad for him and the whole family and now i'm sort of like tail spinning here but that's uh uh but that yes that is the part that really spoke to me personally on a personal level yeah and i appreciate or at least for me it's unique in seeing movies not someone dying of cancer but someone taking the road of suicide because of that i thought was a unique uh twist or a unique uh point of view Mm -hmm. and i'm 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 glad, and I thought they dealt with it in a very, I thought that was well done how they dealt with that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, yes, they didn't really, they sort of left you, the audience member, to decide whether you thought it was the right decision or not, I feel like. I mean, maybe they they skewed a little bit, like, that probably wasn't the best thing for his family, but they didn't really say, oh, he was horrible for doing that, or, oh, this is the completely right decision, he spared his family so much pain i i think they left it a little ambiguous which was yeah i think probably the right way to go yeah um let's see uh something else uh even though i talked a little bit a little long there i'll share something else i liked uh which sort of has to do with the scene the dad dead but um i i really liked that there's almost a corollary and it was probably unintentional but the dream sequence where, you know, uh, Millie and Eric are in, looking at the fireworks and in the clouds and all that, all the visual effects for that sequence, uh, what, for them flying and stuff, seem very, it looks very fake to me. But mm-hmm. at the end, when they're actually flying through, for when they're in reality and flying through like the fair and the people and the neighborhood, yeah. even though it was definitely ages effects flying, it looked a lot more real, which I thought that was, yeah. that was cool that like the real stuff looked real and the fake stuff kind of looked fakish. So I, I like that. 
I think they were on wires throughout the fair, yes. or at least the close shots. Yeah. So that's why it looked real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was, it was well done for what they yeah. could do. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, let's go back to Patch. What's something else you liked? Um, <clears throat> well, I thought that... Well, you kind of stole it. Millie, as a whole, I I had like a childhood crush on the actress, even though she wasn't in much. I uh-huh. just remember... I, one of the things I remember about this movie was her, mm-hmm. just because she... Mm. She just was very, she seemed, <laughs> I was not the coolest with girls She's growing up. <laughs> and, and so in my, in my little, you know, fantasy, in my fantasy world, I was like, she'd go out with me, you know, uh-huh. she seems yeah, very, she'd at least pay attention to you. She seems very approachable, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Very but kind. I think it goes back to the fact that her character seemed really genuine. I, I, yeah. even though we don't see a lot of those types of characters where they're, they're nice teenagers or responsible teenagers it's a lot like for me it reminded me uh, when you guys were talking about it of (laughs) hank hill on king of the hill that he's one of the few like cartoon dads that at least at the time wasn't a goof you know he's very responsible boring you know (laughs) he's not boring (laughs) i know i'm joking homer simpson says that (laughs) okay it's like i'm gonna defend him to the day i die or at least until you know whatever but i think millie in the same way uh, her the honesty of her character and the way that she carries herself in the movie was uh was just really really fun. I just mm-hmm. I next to Fred Gwynn, I think she was my favorite actor in the in the actual series. Not to be confused with Mom, who was like, "Go to your room." Every you know, anytime you know she get a chance to. <laughs> well, though, I mean, she was dealing with a lost husband, and I can't imagine that. So I know, I know, well, I know. I just again, and no, as you, as I don't you, think you, you do know. <laughs> You're right. I, I haven't lost my husband, so yeah. nor n- nor on the brink of losing my job because I had never worked computers before. So yeah, wow. So yes, Millie as a as a whole was uh, was was a, was pleasant to, to watch. And uh, that's funny that you said you had a crush on her because I I don't remember having a crush on her, but as I watched this, now. I was thinking, man, I how did I not? Because yeah, she is. She's really sweet and um, cute, and so I, I don't, I don't know why I wouldn't have. Um, but Paul, did was uh, Millie did your type at all? Her? Yeah, did you have a crush on her at all? <laughs> no, I was more interested in the tomboy girls, like oh, okay. uh, uh, Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. at the, like from Candleshoe or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, uh, so, all right, cool. Now that we know everyone's <laughs> now that we know everyone's types, uh, <laughs> or at least when I was a kid, yeah, yeah, that of was, course, yeah. We what we my wife is my type now, guys. Exactly. I'm just gonna say me too. It. My wife yeah. is yeah, my me type. too. For the record, for this <laughs> podcast record, uh, what do you mean? That's like saying there's only one flavor of ice cream. I love vanilla. Exactly. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with vanilla. Um. Is that a reference, Paul? It was from oh, it was a, a obscure reference from Friends. It's okay, like yes. one woman. That's like yes, saying yes, there's yes. only one, one ice type. cream. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah. I thought that sounded one. familiar. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the boy who could fly. Uh, let's see, Paul. What's something else you liked? Um, some of the music here and there was uh, 
Well, let's put it this way. Some of the music wasn't really good, in my opinion. I was going to save that for later. But I thought the yeah. music really did an excellent job at the finale when they were flying over the uh, the school fair and everything. It just, like, it really punched and hit that scene oh. really well. Okay. And it just made that scene really fun mm-hmm. and enjoyable for me. Patrick, yeah, what did you think about the music? Is it something you liked? Um, again, it goes back to the creep factor for me. I think oh, okay. that it, it, it felt, <laughs> along with the uh, the cinematography, it just it felt like at any given point it was going to change to something like horrific. But mm-hmm. like the music was, video, it was just <laughs> yeah, like the music, like the trailer that uh, you know yeah. I told Francisco. <laughs> earlier that uh i had never seen that until tonight so yeah that me was just, i was i'm gonna have some bad dreams i think <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I mean i liked it for the i mean it fit the it fit the tone of the movie that's for sure it didn't yeah didn't feel out of place yeah i'd agree yeah. um it's not something that i would pop into my ipod and and listen to <laughs> while i'm working or anything but that's too bad because it's available <laughs> so i'm not going to torrent that one uh <laughs> oh my <laughs> <laughs> all right, See, I, all right. I, I liked it. it it was it was serviceable for me okay serviceable that's just what every composer wants to hear <laughs> um one one other thing i liked aces. About this it was movie. <laughs> one other thing i liked about this movie and uh i don't I have no idea if this is going to open up uh, a lot of uh discussion but if it does so be it by the end of this movie i was thinking wow this is kind of a jesus allegory i'm what am i reading too much into this because oh okay my he, gosh. He, here's you ha- and so many people look for jesus in every movie they watch well listen it's like come on listen jesus is jesus let the of boy who could fly be jesus. jay underwood oh my gosh. listen listen here all Paul. right all right so you have him all right do this amazing miracle like the boy who no, flies like five. Okay. corollary to Jesus would be him flying to Jesus' resurrection. So he does it. There's tons of witnesses. And then the witnesses all say the same thing. He's but flown then many people, times. He doesn't. He will doesn't, you let me Jesus finish my praise? Well, Jesus has lots of miracles. I know. Yes. Yes. Jay Underwood is a one trick Jesus pony. But let me finish. Let me continue. So lots of witnesses, and then eventually people stop, just discredit the witnesses. Ah, they didn't really see that, even though this all happened. Um, You see him ascending into heaven at the finals, right before the epilogue, so to speak. He they say he changes everyone's lives. People, uh, okay, all throughout the movie, people are thinking like, oh, he's a nobody. Oh, he's not going to do anything. All the while, he actually has this inner power that no one really knows except. Millie sort of finds out about Millie's kind of the stand in for like either not really Mary Magdalene, but the church, you know, the bride of Christ. Cause he, I guess did, he put a ring. Yeah. On put it, a yeah. Ring. <laughs> so there's these parallels. I mean, all story again, on my soapbox here a little bit, all story has to reflect just God's story just because God made the whole story. So I just, I think oh this story reflected. Gosh. Don't Are oh my gosh! Serious? Yes, yes. Read the book Cinemagog if you want to know it more about can, that. It can doesn't mean it has to. It since God made the story in a way, it kind of has. Every story kind of has to. 
oh, take Oh, because he's the author exactly. of everything. Yeah. So. Nothing's original except what God made. So anyway, uh, everything's again, a remix from game, God. Ex- okay. Oh, yes, yes, which is an awesome. I mean, that... I mean, I'm spinning way into the weeds of this right now. Like a record, baby. <laughs> like right. a record. Round, round, round. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's just what I saw. You guys don't have to agree. I'm just telling you that's what I saw. And maybe, you know, that, there are maybe it's some not there at all. Correlations, but, but mm-hmm. you could okay. Hey, Francisco. Hey, Paul. What's you can that? edit this out if you want to or not. But how how. How how can we improve or how can we benefit from knowing this? Knowing that the boy could fly has similar allegories to the Jesus figure. What's the point? What, how can we benefit from that? It's a point of discussion. Um, I think that's that's really the oh, benefit. Oh, that guy of it. has brown hair. Oh, Jesus had brown hair. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, what? I'm I'm sorry. It's weird. I'm just in a weird mood. Anyway, okay. but, no, that's but never mind. I'll be Pat, quiet. No, I'll no, be no. quiet. Well, I'm like, here. Patch, do you have any, any input on this? I mean, I can <clears throat> I can see those parallels for sure. And I think the fact that, you know, th- there's you can definitely make a correlation between, like, the ascension of Jesus and, you know, Eric flying away mm. and this testimony from Millie and her family of, of his... His, I mean, her specifically being being kind of a, a living testimony of who he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, in particular, like at the end. I mean, it was a it was kind of a hokey montage of here's how things got better since mm-hmm. since Eric. Yeah. And you, I mean, and you could you could try to. I mean, you can make that connection in that look. The, I mean, if if, I, if I'm gonna, I haven't thought about it in that way. But if I had to make a quick kind of shoot from the hip observation, I would say that. The life of Jesus left behind remnants of of value to the people that that he touched, mm-hmm. and so you could say the same thing about Eric. You know that, <clears throat> you know, and and I'll bring this, this up in my classic maker that the the resolution of all these guys, as as much of a bow as it was, I mean, their lives were better after after mm. he was part of it. Mm-hmm. And his absence didn't didn't negate their lives. I mean, they they moved on. They got better as a result of his influence. And so, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, that's a lot like Jesus. That the disciples that came after him, mm-hmm. you know, they they formed the first church. And so, there's echoes of the life of Jesus in Paul and the other, you know, twelve and the their eleven twelve disciples, and even us as New Testament believers today. I mean, mm-hmm. if we echo the the life of Jesus. Uh, there's a reason why it's because he lived. And so we, so, but I mean, that's just my, that's my shotgun opinion there at that point. But, but I can see what you're saying. I can see that parallel. And Paul, really, you say, well, what's the benefit to us? I think just because it's something else to discuss. I mean, it just gives us grounds for discussion, which builds relationships, which is an important thing for friendships between people that disagree or agree or what have you. All right. <laughs> um, I I do want to comment though. I don't think Jay Underwood is so similar that he saves lives. I mean, he saved Millie's life, I guess, in a way. Uh, but uh, but it's not like he all of a sudden people believe in him and now they have radically Eternal different lives. Salvation. Yeah, yeah. So 
I'm not trying to make it that to that extent. Like everyone worship Jay now. Uh, but let's get into, even though that was a rabbit hole, um, let's see if any of our classic makers are equally rabbit holes for The Boy Who Could Fly. Uh, these are things we like the most. Let's start with Patch. <clears throat> so as I mentioned, I think the overall theme of the movie was pretty solid. I think Nick Castle, knowing what he's directed and been a part of just with, again, Major Pain was a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. But The Last Starfighter, mm-hmm. to me, I felt like this was a passion project of his. I think he wanted to, I mean, and of course, he had well-known names in his movie, but the movie was very, I mean, it was slow. I mean, it was not an action-centered mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. It was. It moved at a, just a snail's pace, mm-hmm. and um, in some ways that could be a, a negative. But I think that he wanted to tell a story about about redemption, about being able to grieve in in different ways. And and I think you had all these individual characters that were grieving in their own ways, including Millie and her brother and their mom and and Eric himself and his uncle. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys were all grieving in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And Eric may have been the linchpin to kind of change their perspective on things, him and Millie's relationship. But I think that the movie wasn't about him. It was about as as cheesy as this line is. Gosh, uh, <laughs> you know, if you believe hard enough and you love or believe long enough and love, I mean, I don't even understand what that quote means, but I get the sentiment behind it. I think that what Nick Castle does successfully is he creates multiple stories that tie into this overall theme of of the grieving process and how to come out on the other side, including that last scene where we see the house all newly renovated and painted, and it's a great visual you know, representation of going from like kind of beat down to refreshed and renewed. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, and I thought that was cool. I thought again, the, 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 those themes that played out throughout the movie were really, for me, very successful. Nice. Very cool. Mm. Uh, I will go ahead and share my classic maker now. Uh, for me, it was, I mean, really these characters were just so deep and it kind of, it sort of goes along with what you're saying, uh, Patch, about how it, it's kind of slow. And I think what we get out of that slow slowness is not just like, oh my gosh, this movie is so boring. We actually get, okay, we're going to take time and develop these characters really fully. And they felt very fleshed out. They felt very real to me. And I felt really engaged with them. I cared about them um, through the, both their ups and downs. I felt... Um, both metaphorically and literally, because, you know, he flies up and down. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I I really thought these were well-rounded characters that I, that felt very authentic. So that was my classic maker. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Paul? I really grew to like the relationship that the two main characters had, Millie and Eric. Oh, yeah? And the way that they interacted, like, especially the scene in the hall where he first started mimicking her in the hallway and, like, stuck the tongue out. Like, that was really a cute scene. Uh And then even to the point where she trusted him with her own life, Mm -hmm. like, to grab his hand and jump off the roof kind of a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So I I thought that relationship and how it was handled was very well done. Nice. Very cool. So now that we've talked about the things we like, before we get to the things 
that we didn't like, we like to you know go out to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what have you, and ask uh, people that follow us, hey, what did you think? What do you think about these movies we're going to cover, or games, when we cover games? And here's what some of you had to say. From Facebook, Steve Hamilton said, G.I. Joe scene. Indeed, Ew. and there are actually several of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm curious, which one did you remember in particular, Steve? Uh, then Tim Ippock said, I love this movie when I was a kid. My favorite part was when Fred Savage got his revenge on the bullies. Uh, totally, yeah. Tim. Uh, and Steve Hamilton commented to that, said, wasn't it bleach in the squirt gun on his power wheel? Nope. Turns out it was urine. Um, or I'm curious. I, I'd be curious if he really had urine in there or he just was oh, it's not. just saying it. But um, anyway, continue. Uh, thank you, Steve. I um, hope for the actor's it. sake it wasn't. Well, yeah, I doubt it, it be was. Unsanitary. For, unless, the, unless that little bully kid's very method. Then he's like, no, put the pee in it. I need to react in a uh, way I should. Anyway, Amber Oliver Nungst- no method Nungest- Go to your room. Her. Amber Oliver <laughs> Nungester said, oh my gosh, this movie was my favorite years. I cried every time he said, Millie. Aw. Thank you, Amber, for that. Uh, then Janelle Merrick said, I love this movie. Thank you, Janelle. And Paul, is it Jesus or Jesus Rittenhouse? Jesus. Jesus Rittenhouse said, I'll have to check it out. Never heard of it. So we'll we'll let you know if we think you should check it out, uh, Jesus. Then uh, Deborah Power said, loved this film. I just remember how the girl in the story tried to understand him. at the And at the end of the movie, we saw him fly. So thank you, Deb. Uh, finally, uh, Diego uh, Villa 79, who... Uh, Diego said, I remember relating to being upset about having to move as a kid. I really enjoyed this movie back in the day, but I'm not sure I would any I'm not sure if I would anymore. Well, let's it's talk tragic about <laughs> Let's talk about the reasons why you may not enjoy it anymore. Uh, Diego and everyone else. Thank you to everyone for your comments. And now here are our dislikes for the boy who could fly. Uh I'll kick us off. Um so and this goes to what you were saying, Patch, about this almost feeling like a horror movie. Millie seems pretty blasé about a boy staring across at her room when yeah. she first moves in. And then later, he's all of a sudden inside her room. And even the music is has this creepy tone to it. But Millie's like, eh, okay, this is a little weird, but whatever. <laughs> I, I felt like that. Of how authentic these characters were, I felt that was... Either it was just the time, you know, the 80s, people were much more just... Well, whatever about stuff like that, yeah. or 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 this movie just that was just a weird, inauthentic uh, character trait for her. But or, or she's the kind of character that could hold her own. She's not scared uh, of someone being in her window. I suppose that could you know? be. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she can take a, a volleyball to the face. I think she can handle some dude in her window. All right, all right. Good points. Yeah. Good points. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Paul was something you didn't like. One of the things that struck me as odd is they mentioned that um, Millie was a 14-year-old, and she looks, at least to me, older than 14. But then when I looked on the IMDb database, Mm -hmm. this movie came out when she was 15, so most likely she recorded it when she was 14. Wow. Yeah, I would have put her in like 16, 17 or something. I I was surprised by that. So, yeah, 16 or... Yeah. 
So I can't use that as my dislike anymore. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with something else. I thought the, uh, I thought it was really, how, I was disappointed that Millie would be for someone who's so responsible. Millie would be so casual about the alcohol, and um, yep. I mean. But then again, this is the '80s, so you know, you know what's next—the uh, cocaine parties. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> wow! But I understand. I understand. They also want to show her as someone who wanted to breach out and like relax and have a little fun too, and and make friends. Been. Whatever that got involved, but go ahead. I, I know this is a sore spot for friends. Thanks for making cocaine parties a hat trick of the Retro Room Ryan <laughs> podcast. Hey, with Patch here, you got <laughs> But uh, I'm here for you guys. I'm here for you. <laughs> um, just to go off that, uh, Paul, uh, yeah, the something I didn't like the Facts of Life Geneva friend. Is so annoying, and the thing that I hate most about her is that she talks Millie into drinking. Oh, because you're 14, you have to live. Shut up. You're not... Oh, I hated that line of reasoning so much, and that Millie fell for it was also equally annoying. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just like... And I, but I'm like... No. I, I like the friend character, not but not underage drinking... Like to, it's so casual about it. No. Well, you're wrong about liking her, but I'm glad oh, we're in agreement about the yeah being casual. Yes, yeah, you're right. It's the 80s, but still, 14s really. I mean, so, well, a lot of people start before then, but well, not in America, um, especially in America. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant legally start early. No, no, no. Oh, no. um, yeah, that that. I'm I'm getting on my judgmental high horse with that. I realize if if but you, hey, this is I, the I don't section. like yeah exactly. I don't hate you if you like drank before you're of of age, but um, this is just some I don't like. Uh, now, Patch, what's something you didn't like? Oh, I would have to say the bullies. I think the bullies were stupid. Um, okay, yeah. and I I mean I get the I get the adolescence of it, but they just. I think the actors just were not strong at all. I think they were just like extras that people were they maybe Cass was like, Hey, do you guys want to be in a movie? You only have to say like four lines. <laughs> just act like a like, like a thug. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just I'm looking at this this you know, this chubby kid trying to be all tough, you know, chewing yeah. on a chewing on a toothpick like he's razor Ramon or something. <laughs> and I'm just going, Yeah, I was I was really ready for you to get urine just kind of flailed in your face right. and, <laughs> and so yeah that as much as i i love the redemption of of uh of um what's the kids i mean what fred savage's character's name what is it lewis 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 uh that he got i just thought his his villain was kind of stupid yeah and but you know what i think nick castle agreed with you because you see now those kids were recast in uh major pain so it's true. I'm sure it had nothing true. to do with them aging. Good job, years, Nick. But. Good call, Nick. <laughs> Nick Castle. Uh, it sounds like a it sounds like a super or like some kind of like a detective Nick Castle. Right. Detective Nick Castle. It totally does. Uh, let's go back to you, Paul. I thought the kissing scene between uh, they had two of them between, but especially the first one between Millie and Eric. Mm-hmm. Awkward. Yes. Are you talking about the kissing in the dream? As the first yeah, in the one? clouds, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And, yeah, then, could, yeah. and then the tail end, the one at the very end before he leaves. Which wasn't really a kiss. I yeah. Mean, it was kind he of. just kind but... of grazed her lip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that one at the end, he had tears coming down. And it was like right on his lip. And then she kissed him with his tears on the lip. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. You're going to go with that take? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was watching an HD version and I could oh, see it. It was like really see clear. That. Wow, okay. So <laughs> All right. Yeah. So just that their kissing felt kind of fake or forced? It's just awkward, I guess. Awkward. Okay, yeah. Well, they're I only- mean, you can drink at 15, but you can have a genuine okay. kiss, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. what's the other? <laughs> yeah, good point. Exactly. Uh, consistency here, people. Um Anyway, uh let's see. Let's go back to Patch. You mentioned it earlier. Geneva's a jerk. Geneva. <laughs> Thank you. I hate, Thank I hate Geneva. You. I mean, and maybe this was a good thing, but you know, the moment that she's all intrusive, like, are these your groceries? And then just grabs oh a coke out of her hand. Yeah, I really just wanted to slap her in the face. Exactly. The moment, my got me, the, the, the moment that got me was when she just kept on with the whole, oh, how did he die? Oh, uh, yeah, I hated cancer. My mom had cancer. It was like of the, of the stomach. And, <sighs> and I love that Millie goes, can we not talk about this? I'm like, yeah, Millie. He's just... You can slap her if you want to. Yeah, exactly. I want to. Exactly. And she just... I, I, again, I think she was written for either comedic relief or as a farce to, yeah. to, to Millie, but uh, yeah. she didn't really add much to the, to the plot except to create a, a intoxicated yeah. Millie. Since, but since you bring her up again, Paul, I'm curious, why is Geneva your classic maker? I don't understand this. I Geneva's not my classic maker. I, said I the relationship know between I, you said you liked her. Okay. So I was actually making, yeah. I was being hyperbolic and saying, Oh, it must've been your classic maker. Cause you love just, you just love Geneva. I thought she was very outgoing and she was there to, to be a friend, also a troublemaker, but at least she was willing to reach out when no one else would to be there for and i thought it was nice you know to help her with laundry and stuff and yeah even though she did help herself to the soft drink look which is very yeah. rude well, but at least she was well, there why did you no, have to no, kick me you, off my high horse here paul i mean no really. no i'm gonna put you back up on there Francisco. oh good no, please do. she was intrusive she needed friends and so she was basically buying her way in that's really what she was doing i'll help well, you with laundry i'll be your friend because i really need friends <laughs> i thought good. she was outgoing enough and pleasant enough all right we can agree to disagree, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, something else I didn't like was... Uh, oh, and this goes back to Millie. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of appreciate this in a sense. Uh, she she gives us this whole exposition about how Eric lost her parent, his parents and why he can't talk and um, that people say he can fly, et cetera, et cetera. So I appreciate that they get that all out in one go. It's not like this thing that we keep having to hear the same thing over and over again. But just that it seemed unrealistic that she would just unload everything and she heard all this all of a sudden, like in one day, seemingly, um, about Eric. And she's just like, oh, let me tell you everything I heard about this boy. Uh, it, it seemed unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was everything. I thought it, it felt real enough to me. It didn't. It didn't strike me as odd. Okay. Yeah. It, it was. It was a, on the smaller side, but that's something that I didn't like. Yeah. 
Uh, let's go back to a patch. That dinner table scene with the spaghetti that nobody oh. put sauce on. Um, a couple times. There are a couple times, but but the, the one with Eric in the, with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and in particular, I think I remember this was this was a flashbulb memory for me when I watched it as a kid. Is I really and I didn't obviously understand the overall thing that was going on. Mm-hmm. But I was like, mom needs to shut up because <laughs> Millie, Millie has been doing all this. Like, I, I cook, yeah. I clean, I do this. What are you doing? She goes, I work. And then, you know, her only response is, go to your room, go to your room. <laughs> and I'm like, you go to your room. And she ends up going to her room. Yeah. You know, so she takes her own advice. And, and, uh, but I just, that, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm embracing this scene and I'm listening to this and I'm going, wait, did they put any sauce on the spaghetti or is it just a noodle fest? Because that was just weird to me. Because you know, no. Lewis. That's how I like in, preferred it. I guess, yeah. I mean, well, as a kid, oh, huh. yeah. white, white noodles and yeah, you know. But I, I, I just it felt, and I think for me, Millie. Maybe to go back to your point, Francisco. I think she didn't feel like she got emotional enough for me. Oh, okay, and, and but but I'm kind of on the fence on that because I felt like because she wasn't surprised that Eric's creeping into her room because mm-hmm. she wasn't. Mm-hmm. She she never yelled. She never got hysterical. And but again, maybe yeah. that wasn't her character. Maybe her character was. Yeah, exactly. She never like I would think that that like her mom freaked out and she said, "Go to your room and, mm-hmm. and start mm-hmm. yelling." But it's like Millie's the calm one of the entire family. Yeah, and that's good right. And again, I don't know if that's a good thing. It almost feels a little bit like I kind of want her to lose it because you know she's grieving as well over yeah. this. And so I don't know. It just hmm. I don't know if I. Didn't believe it because I haven't experienced that because I I can get emotional like that, Mm -hmm. uh, like her mom Mm. or like her brother, or if it's just that I didn't connect with it in particular. But Mm. it it wasn't quite a bad thing. It just wasn't something that, you know, I'm on the fence. Okay. I thought thought it showed Millie's consistency with her character, like you said. So uh, I thought for her to react would be out of character. Mm. But... I didn't like that scene because it showed the injustice of her mom and the imperfection that they mm. were living with. Yeah. But that's then again that may be the basis of their reality. You know, they're they're struggling. So it wasn't enjoyable to watch the characters being so flawed, but it it I think it fit within each of their characters. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, and it also allows for an an arc and uh, a savior a moment to show redemption for, at the end. Sure. Well, I was gonna yeah. say for Eric because he brings them back together with starring the the eight millimeter um, film, which yeah. I didn't think those had sound. I was actually like, wait, I. These projection things didn't have sound. Did they have sound? Some did. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, apparently, the their household was really living it up when Dad was alive. But uh, <laughs> that pool the pool and everything. Yeah, getting the emulator yeah. with the sound. Jeez, <laughs> probably had two televisions too. Um, <laughs> you must be rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Paul. I think that just leaves you with one more thing you didn't like. This almost tied for my tragic maker. Ooh. In fact, let me. Okay, I'm gonna go with the whole scene at the end where they're flying over the school and the town. Mm-hmm. 
it is the climax, but it almost seems a bit cheesy for this kind of movie. Hmm. And at the beginning, it seems like a family drama. And yeah. then, oh, he's a superhero, he could fly. And everyone, uh, the whole town's, huh. you know, the whole mood and everything shifts. It's kind of like I almost expect, hmm. instead of that being the climax, that at the end, Millie kind of, only Millie sees him fly away. It's like the whole town. That kind of thing. Hmm. So it's more, it's more of a private story rather than everybody. So it just seemed it was a tonal shift in the movie. Yeah, totally. That made it seem a bit uh, cheesy to me. Hmm. You know what? I didn't think about that. I didn't read it that way, but I totally see how you could see it that way. That that makes a lot of yeah. sense. All right, guys, let's get to our tragic makers—the things we hate most about this movie. Um, you know, it really ride down to earth for us or wait no that i don't think that's right anyway uh things we didn't <laughs> like let's uh begin with patch well to tag off of uh off of paul's almost tragic maker i would have to say both of those flying scenes really kind of were meh for me in particular the the dream sequence i thought you know if you're going to steal from superman 2 steal from a better scene personally yeah <laughs> Um, or maybe it's Superman. I thought it, Superman. Yeah. I thought it was creative to see the uh, the fireworks that close, or at least I don't know when they were showing that. I was like, oh wow, what would it be like to be, you know, to see fireworks that close and not worry about getting hit? Yeah, <laughs> I just, I think it was, I think it was the, uh, and and Francisco, you mentioned it, the overall just kind of cheese factor of it that sort of enhanced the fact that it was fantasy. Um, I didn't yeah. really care for that that much. And again, I'm just thinking the whole time that she's going to start, we're going to start hearing her inner monologue going, can you read my mind? You know, like Lois Lane. <laughs> but but yeah. but I think when you couple that with the scene directly after it, that goes back to Creepville where you oh, know, yeah. dad's laying in. Oh, man. It just, yeah. it just felt so weird to me. And you know what? That felt so yeah. real as a, what a dream would actually be like. I mean, I think sometimes... Yeah. Movies make dreams out to be way sure. too fantastical and weird. But this sure. is like it jumps from one thing that's a high point to something that's really low and very creepy and then uh, something else that happened just the other day. It felt like that would be like what a dream is like. And so it would, but see the thing yeah, is for, I agree. For, but but for me that didn't feel earned. I mean, I felt like we were getting set up ninety percent of the setup was for a positive thing. And then we had like 10 seconds of this like weird creepiness. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't, I, I didn't like, I didn't like that. It really just made me go, okay, what were you trying to tell me? You weren't to me. It didn't feel like you were trying to show me like what a real dream was like. What you were trying mm -hmm. to tell me was that, Oh, she's got this nice romantic relationship with Eric and here comes crazy dad. Who's opening his eyes and she gets hit in the face with the volleyball. And it just, it, while that's probably accurate to dreams, how just mm -hmm. how equal opposite they are, I I the the movie to me didn't didn't feel like it was earning enough at that point to give me those equal opposites. Well, see, I thought that it was only it was doing that just to show that it was a dream. Okay, because to me before that, because I hadn't seen this movie in forever, I thought, Same okay, here. is this is this. Do they fly this early, and is this actually part of just what happens in the movie uh -huh. and how they progress? As oh, this is where she learns that he can fly for real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure, and so I was like in the back of my mind, maybe this is a dream. I'm not so sure. In fact, yeah, when then 
they were up in the clouds and the fireworks and he started interacting with her like with the facial gestures like a normal person uh-huh. i was feeling this is wrong this is not his character for yeah. all of a sudden for him to switch like this and then when it was a dream i was very relieved okay. yeah and so yeah I so i think if you had just left it as like cutting from putting her back down on the sill to her waking up You'd be like, oh, maybe that did happen? I'm not sure if it's his dream. I mean, I guess it depends. Do you want more ambiguity? Do you want to be like, well, I don't know. Did she? Did they actually go fine? Did they not? Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I liked how, how it was delivered as, no, this is a dream, and now this is the nightmare portion of it. I Yeah. but I mean, I, I can completely get it from a storytelling standpoint. It just didn't. It didn't resonate with me well. on, okay. on my on my viewing of it. If I went back and watched it now, knowing what I know and just having, you know, this kind of discussion, I could probably appreciate it a lot more. But mm. at the time, I was like, this just this doesn't feel this doesn't feel like what you're trying to you know what you're trying to do. But okay, that's but fair. I get it. That's fair. Um, I do want to jump off though, uh, your <laughs> tragic maker, because oh my gosh. The music in this movie. <laughs> I think, Paul, you mentioned you liked the music. Was that accurate? The, some of it. A lot of it I didn't. Uh, the, the score I thought was excellent at the flying scene over the fair at the end. Oh, that's right. I thought it. So, but uh, some of it, like especially the vocal music, just took me out of it. That's weird. I don't remember any vocal music. Just, there were some songs in there that had words. Okay. In it. Well, I don't like remember in those. the music video and at the end during oh, the credits. I'm just talking about the score. So I felt okay. like this music, the the person who did the score, I forgot what his name was. I didn't look Tony. it up. Sure, Tony. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he's just making a John Williams knockoff. And oh, all the love themes oh. sound exactly like the whole like Superman, Lois Lane, Thumb. Uh, love themes from the Richard Donner movies, well, the well, Christopher Reeve movies. It's fine. Those are not, excellent. Sure, those are excellent. But why are you ripping them off? I mean, it sounded like he is just pretty much. I didn't do a note by note comparison or anything, but they sounded so similar, and it's it was just really weird to me. It's like come up with your own stuff. Bruce Broughton. Bruce Broughton. Okay, so I and I he also did Tombstone. And Rescuers Down Under. We should have mentioned that. <laughs> Wait, he did Tombstone? He did Tombstone, Lost that, in Space, Rescuers Down news. Under. Yeah. All right. Tombstone Rescuers Down good. Under was slash 76, if you want to go <laughs> and see that uh, or listen to that, I should say. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm just telling you this is what how I perceived it. I what could be it, way yeah. off, but that's, it seemed like it was a knockoff of John Williams and I, I would appreciate it. He did a lot of uh, the tiny tunes adventures. Oh, he also did stay tuned, which, which was, was episode. Slash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, 83, 83. Wow. Okay. That's, that's impressive that he's done so much, but um, yeah, he's he's been busy, especially for a copier. No, I don't know. I <laughs> well, I, I would agree that um, the music reminded me a lot of things like E.T. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, <laughs> 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 I, 
I think I think the uh, the 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 high end piano notes were the creep factor for me. But then, of uh-huh. course, the 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 particularly the last flying scene mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of like one of the last scenes of ET. Mm-hmm. You know, just that the yeah. ET chase yeah. scene or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so, whether or not he just copied or was inspired by, I think that. Um, I mean, you could you could call that a a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah. as I mentioned before, I think it served the movie well. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'll I'll stick to my John Williams and my 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 other big names and and <laughs> leave the uh, other stuff for for this guy for Bruce. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go back and listen to Tombstone. Though. I think I have that soundtrack, but I'll have to go back and check. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. And. Bruce, if you're listening to this, I, I have no idea what you're going through. It, maybe this you did this all from just and actually this will come up. This might come up in my uh, YouTube book coming up here. But if you just if it you were this was completely original and it just happened to sound like John Williams, then I'm I apologize for my ire. Um, but if if you did copy him, why did you do that? Okay, no. Um, let's move on to Paul's tragic maker for the boy who could fly. Um, and this is uh, like what Patch said was the flying scenes. And basically it's the special effects mm. of the, like the blue screen or whatever they used. It, it's really outdated compared to today's standards. Um, yeah. Except for the flying scenes in, in like half of the fair. Yeah, yeah. You know where it looked like. But the other ones where, you know, it's cle- less solid lines around the characters yeah. where they're flying. Yep, yep. It, it's out of the movie, unfortunately. Mm. Did, did did either of you guys notice all the uh, the wind in the movie? Like these guys were getting yeah. blown around quite and, a bit. You know what? That made me wonder: yeah. is uh, is uh, Erica an Airbender or something? I haven't seen <laughs> the last Airbender, but don't they control wind or something? And... She must because no, I think it was just a windy city, and he just you know that's how he could fly with all that wind passing. That's what... all right. Okay, <laughs> the city of aerodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Because science. Because science. Because science. All right. Now that we've entered uh, all our firing... Ah, dang it. Now that we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. All right, do we rate The Boy Who Could Fly a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this again, a whether you've seen it before or not. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend people who have seen it before to seek it out for another viewing. Or a tragic, we'd recommend no one see this. Even if you've never seen it, good. Stray away, stay away from it. And if you have seen it and have good memories, leave those memories intact because rewatching this will just muddle with them and make them not good memories. So let's begin with our guest host like we like to. Patch, how do you rate The Boy Who Could Fly? Well, on this viewing, I was uh, I was very hopeful that it would remain nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And it teetered. It teetered, Ooh. teetered, and teetered. And it ended up falling to the side of nostalgic. Uh, I think Nick Castle's... It fell it to the with s- it. Oh, 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 yeah, from the teetering. It, yeah. Okay, got From it, the got teetering, it. yeah, it, it, <laughs> It, it was meandering on the borderline of tragic, but for me, I think because 
of the overall because of my classic maker. I uh-huh. think that's what did it for me. The the fact that I can I can completely respect and understand and and value a guy who in the midst of 80s action and whatever decided to make a film that didn't have to be anything more than a story about how to grieve and how to how to come out from it mm-hmm. in a pretty unique way. So yeah. it stays a it stays nostalgic for me mm-hmm. and um you know it's it's worth revisiting if you've seen it before. Nice. And um, Paul, how's it you? I haven't seen this movie like you, Francisco, in decades. Yeah, uh, we saw it um, on the on the Disney Channel tape where you now they bleeped out all the bad words uh, and stuff. Yeah. So I hadn't. <clears throat> I I was surprised the, the some of the language. Me in too. This, yeah. Especially from Little Lewis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. And so I predicted the tragic because I haven't really wanted to see this movie in decades. Like, why would I rewatch it? But it is a nice story. And, and it's definitely, if you like, like love movies, like predator and like action movies, this is definitely not a movie for you. because This is slow. (laughs) And, you know, if you like family dramas, however, Uh you might actually like this. If you like slow burning, uh, family dramas then this you might be able to you might enjoy this so if you like so, swiss family robinson you would enjoy this yeah no, i think our so. house interesting <laughs> um so in that aspect i think i would recommend this to almost anyone who and then because of that i'd have to rate this a classic what whoa didn't i see that yeah one i went from i didn't either I was really surprised. I'm like, would you recommend this? Y- yeah. Has, I'm not saying you go out right now and see it, but you know, if if someone were to ask me, hey, I think about watching this, should I watch it? I'm like, yeah, you might actually get a nostalgic and a classic. Great. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> so uh, I also predicted this to be a tragic. A movie like Paul, uh, and you know what? I was, I was actually literally blown away by how much I liked this movie. I would rate it a classic as well. I whoa! I know. I'm. I was so touched by moments of this movie and engaged with all these characters. Other than freaking Geneva, I liked every single one of them. Even the mom, I I could totally feel for the mom, and I was like, I was pulling for this family. I wanted them to to get through their grief, and man, I just I, and I don't think I think it takes. I don't know if I would if I were a kid watching this, I'd probably be like, oh my gosh, this is so slow. I don't want to watch this again. But as an adult with some life experience under me. I appreciate this movie so much and enjoyed it so much. It's definitely not not one I'm going to watch every year or something like that. But I I I would watch this again in like I don't know. I I would watch this again in my lifetime. That makes sense. Yeah, I I would wait a while yeah, to have ex- it. Yes. I wouldn't watch it a lot. Yes. You yes. Know. Um it's but, not going to replace the Princess Bride for you, is it, Paul? <laughs> no, definitely not even close. No, it's not going to replace my my precious Predator, which I like. I do not like Swiss Family Robinson, but I like Predator, and I like this movie. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm equally shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's two of us. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> no, me too. I, I'm shocked how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. And equally shocked how much Francisco enjoyed it, considering here's a responsible teenager who who sees other kids being disruptive and goes and thinks, oh, I want to be just like them. They're goofing off and stuff. I want to be like them. You mean, oh, thought, are you oh, talking man. about the Rose thing? Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I thought I, every yeah. time I was watching, I was like, oh, here's Francisco's <laughs> tragic maker. <laughs> I, I do that. It did blip on my radar. I was like, why are you doing that? You don't need to do what they're doing and be all cool. But yeah, I, and smoking and all that. Yeah, but but that wasn't a consistent thing. I she had she had watched them from afar for several times and didn't do anything. She stuck with Eric, even though it wasn't the cool thing to do. So I I mean I had grace with still this one for it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's fine. You, you know, you have your feelings. It's how you act on your feelings. That's that's oh, I think makes the difference. That's very mature of you. <laughs> wow. Gross. I mean, I mean that's only came. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't mean to put you down, but that's a very insightful perspective. Thank you. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Did you guys so, notice, I, I don't know if you've looked at the IMDb page, but Jason Priestley is listed as one I of the- I saw uh, that. I couldn't find him in this movie. Me I didn't see that. Yeah. I figured he'd be one of the boyfriends or something, but I couldn't I couldn't pick him out. Oh, I, yeah. I think he'd have to be younger than it's that. It's Gary. Gary. Yeah, who's Gary? Thanks, thanks, Paul, for that. He plays Gary. <laughs> well, that clears everything up. Oh, wow, for me. good. I'm, 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 I'm completely. Yeah. I'm, what would we now. do without Paul? Man. Hey, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate the boy who could fly, an in- inexplicable, disputed <laughs> classic movie. We'd recommend you go out and see this, whether you've seen it before or not. Um, now. Uh, we have just about reached the end of the episode, but it's actually not the end of the show. And what I mean by that is we have moved the new tube, 1.21 game watts, and more extra content to the Retro Rewind podcast bonus stage. Um, so, but you don't need a cheat code to get to that stage and to access all that content. You up, just, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, BA, select, start. Unfortunately, that won't work. Um <laughs> You just need to become one of our Patreon patrons. And you can do that for as little as $1 per episode. There's more rewards, like actually having a vote and a say in the in these final votes or or more more rewards like that. Um, but if you just kick in a dollar an episode, help support the show, you can get access to all that extra content. Um, but you can still vote on our ranker list. Oh right? yes, yes, that is still complete. You can vote on the movies we're going to cover, but actually yeah. voting classic nostalgia tragic, you can have a vote and a say in that, which would swing if we had a draw, which we could have had potentially tonight. Ooh. Um, if we were to have one, your votes could swing make the difference. Uh, so uh, nice. look out for that reward. I think that might be the two dollar level or three dollar level. I'm not sure. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash retro rewind podcast and hopefully you'll consider being one of our patrons. Uh, also want to announce, like Paul mentioned, uh, cast your vote, go retro rewind podcast.com slash cast your vote. Uh, interesting. It's that, that's the name of it. Um, but there you can vote on the movies you want us to cover. We're currently in, in the set of five movies that you voted on last time. Uh, the next five, uh, always too much tumultuous uh space camp was at the top but uh 
Now it's not. So if you were to pick the next, oh, if you were to pick, go if, vote up Space Camp. If we were to, I'm gonna go do that right now, guys. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if we were to uh, stop voting today and say, okay, here are the next five movies. This is what you have right now: Tron for number one, oh. followed by Hook, uh, then Space Camp. Um, then oh, okay, good. remember the Titans and then in the army now is back up in the top. Wow. <laughs> we got to finish that the link trilogy. Exactly. Uh, so if you like how those movies, how that sounds, go vote up to keep those movies consistent there. Or if you don't like those, like get, Ar- get remember the Titans or in the army now down, then vote those movies down and, uh, could rearrange and your vote makes a difference. I would check your uh, your webpage again, Francisco. Okay, uh, let me see here. Do a little refresh there. Well, it didn't seem to affect it right now, but okay, may, well, it might take a while to on my screen. Propagate. I have Space Camp right above Tron in the number one spot. What? <laughs> All right. Oh, well, that's up neither here there. Space camp. That's neither here nor there. We have several weeks before voting is final. But yeah, go vote. <laughs> There you go. Oh my word. Well, uh, become a Patreon and you can uh, help swing that. Well, no, not. Or no, they can help swing what we rate it. Exactly what we rate, not the movies we vote okay. on. Okay. Um, okay. You can actually help decide on the games we'll cover, but anyway, go, go look at the rewards oh. at Patreon. Uh, let's see. Do it. All right. So, yeah, go vote. Uh, voting will be closing kind of soon. Uh, we have, I think, one more movie, which Paul will let us know what it is. Um, and then we'll probably do maybe a game or something else as a buffer. And then we will close voting and we'll start the, the, that next five, the next five movies you voted on. Now, before we head back to Nav Point Omega, Paul, take it away. All right, next time we'll be going back to the year 1991 for guess what it is. Guess it. Guess it. Is it one thing? Um, yes. You're a little too slick for us, you city <laughs> slicker. But until then, you can find us on theretrojunkies.com. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Support us through Patreon and PayPal. And follow us on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. But if you want to find me specifically, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I have all my social media links. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for being an awesome co-host, an awesome friend, and an awesome boy who may or may not could fly. Okay, all right. Coming out. I'll let you know. Okay. When I can. Great. Uh, and we'd also like to thank for coming back to the show. Patch, thanks so much for being back here. Always a pleasure, guys. Awesome. Uh, Patch, is there anything or how can people find you online? And is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, yeah. So you can find me uh, on Twitter at Shoeless Patch, S-H-O-E-L-E-S-S-P-A-T-C-H. You can also check out my website, thisispatch.com. Mm-hmm. I'm also the co-host of the Feelin Film podcast, and you nice. can check out more about us at uh, feelinfilm.com, F-E-E-L-I-N-F-I-L-M.com. <laughs> nice. Make sure I Very get my cool. spelling correct. Yeah. There's no apostrophe in the URL, so don't type that. Exactly, yeah. Don't try the apostrophe. You'll get <laughs> some kind of weird 404 page. <laughs> Very, very cool. Um 
And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at FXRUIZX. And I want to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. Check out my portfolio at FXRDesign.com. Most of all, though, thank you so much, you listening right now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the show if you have done that or supporting us through PayPal or Patreon. Or, I mean, really sharing the podcast with your friends is an awesome way to help grow the show. So any of you who have done that, thank you so much. It is really appreciated. And we pray that this, whoever you are, wherever you're listening to this, that this episode will brighten your day, that you bring a smile to your face, and that you'll just have a little extra joy um, as you go out through the rest of your day. But like a wait, book, wait, Francisco. Yeah, Paul. wait. Yes. There you go. You see, you can't end a podcast until the cork lands on its feet. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> there uh, you go. But like okay. a, a drunkard Pokemon trainer, we gotta catch y'all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. <laughs> So, overage rating is fine, just not underage. Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Alice, go to your room. <laughs>